it reminded me of Russell Brunson. Like, you're one funnel away. Well, no, yeah. fucking 600 funnels later and how many hundreds of dollars that you spent, like, and, you know, punching the wall and stuff like that with your face, you know, trying to figure this shit out. And then eventually you end up with a... Fu- you're never one fucking funnel away. You're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations, all while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. Now here's your host, Robin Waite. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Fearless Business Podcast. Uh, I've got an extra special guest on today and we are going to be talking about all things digital marketing, which I'm super excited about. My guest is Guru. Do you like the word Guru, David? Probably not. Uh, (laughs) No, I don't like it. Marketing expert, David Bell Stafford. Um, So uh, David's background, uh, native South African uh, he put not much, you know, on his early life. Um, we're going to dig into that a little bit just to understand a little bit more about your career path, David. Uh, and we're going to be digging a bit of dirt on the marketing industry sector as well, which I'm very excited about, actually. I'm, there's some trepidation there, but this is what the Fearless Business Podcast is all about. So welcome to the podcast, David. Oh, thank you for having me, Robert. Oh, it's my pleasure. So um, I wanted to start actually, like one of the things we did, we never start with that. So tell us about David, like we'll save that for a bit later on, um, you know, for our guests. But um, one of the things that I'm really interested to, to dig into is when you've got coaches, consultants, freelancers, sometimes they don't always know when is the right time to start advertising their business. So David, when is the, first, when is the right time to start advertising for yourself? You need to hit, okay, so the right time to start advertising for your business is you need to hit three specific markers. First thing is that you need to have hit some sort of ceiling organically. So a lot of the time, you should always get started with organic marketing, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, when you, there will, there will eventually come a point, it may be with your income, with how many appointments you can book, whatever it is, you're going to hit the ceiling. When that's the point, when you hit that point, that's when you know it's time to start looking into another another lead flow source so it's kind of like i've been doing everything like organically Uh, i know that i've got extra capacity things just they don't feel quite right so can we can we switch things up a gear just with a bit of paid ads exactly exactly cool man so what what does that look like so what with the ads yeah so where, where where is that um you know, where, what would the first kind of port of call be? Because um, I know that advertising wise, people like just jump straight on and like hit the blue boost button, which as we know is the gateway drug to Facebook ads. So, so what, what should we be doing? We need to understand, well, you need to understand two things. The first thing is you need to understand your audience. And, and you specifically, you need to know where they are. There's no point advertising on Facebook if most of them are not even on platform, right? Most of them should be, but um, it's it's good to know more or less where you can best reach them. Uh, the next thing is to actually not just, like you say, just jump straight into a boost, but actually develop some sort of strategy. Especially if, you, if you've been doing organic, you, you should have some sort of idea of, of an offer that works. When you have an idea of an offer that works, a lot of times you can actually just go straight in and boost that offer. 
Do you find like helping people with their ads, you're, you're actually, you end up, it's never really about marketing. It's never really about advertising. Actually, what you're doing is a bit, you're a business coach basically, and you end up fixing the problems which they've got with their business. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Ultimately, most of the clients that I've had over the years, they've come to me for advertising, but uh, oh, they need a lot more than that. They had a lot of the times they just had broken business models. And it's actually taken me to actually understand what was wrong with their business models before I could even know if or how I could help them. And that's, uh, that's a big part of having, the, of having the right strategy. You have to have, especially when it comes to, to selling, you need to have a, a working sales system. Otherwise, don't, don't go into advertising if you, if you don't even have that going for you. What the, what are some of the like the biggest mistakes which you see people making with ads? Because like it's easy just to drop a shit ton of money on on Facebook ads, for example, see no results and then go, oh, it was Facebook's fault. But more often than not, it's because they're actually getting the, like you said, they're getting the offer wrong. Uh, they choose the wrong ad objective and things like that. But what other kind of common mistakes do you see, you know, uh, one man bands making when they're kind of getting into ads for the first time? Um, first things first is they don't understand their audience and they especially don't understand the level of sophistication of their audience. Um, so often enough, they might, they might make the mistake of thinking, well, this sort of language and this sort of offer works with my audience. So it should work with a cold, with a cold audience. That's not the case. A lot of the time, your cold audience is going to be a lot less sophisticated than your own personal following. They might not, there's going, a lot of time, there's going to be a lot of things that they either do know or they know more than, or they know more and better than your audience. So you have to understand the level of sophistication um, with the market that you're trying to reach. When you don't understand that, it's going to miss the mark entirely. So uh, can I give, can I leave this with an example? Please do, yeah, because I think people are going to be interested to know, like, what do you mean by market sophistication? You know, it's not about like how they hold their cup of tea here. This is actually like, um, you know, what level of the buying journey they're at, isn't it? How much do they know about their, you know, where is where is their um, their target market at in terms of like um, knowing enough about uh, the prospective client, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll, I'll phrase this with um, with two examples. The first is a lot of what I work with massage therapists. Um, everyone, when it comes to the concept of massage, everyone is not just pro, not not just aware of the problem, but they're aware of the solution. They're not just aware that you know they're they're lacking uh, good quality sleep. They're not just aware that they're overwhelmed with stress. They're not just aware that they have pain. They're also aware of the solution, which is massage. So you don't need to, uh, often enough, you don't need to go into that much detail to explain why massage can change your life or anything like that. On the other hand, if you're going to sort of like, especially coaches, consultants, and general freelancers, um, let's say, for instance, your offer was YouTube advertising consulting. You know, I'll make it, I'll make it relevant for the last podcast you had. Um, if, you, if you're trying to explain to them um, why they need to not just advertise, but to advertise on YouTube, chances are they're going to be a lot less sophisticated and actually be a lot less aware of the platform of, of its benefits, uh, or even if, that, if it is even a, ver a verifiable solution for them. You know, so a lot of times it's it's going to go into how you should frame your um, offer and how you should frame yourself as well. So Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. I mean, there's there's so many different moving parts here that I think that you know this is where you know I think people see the likes of you or me drop some Facebook ads and have 
some success and they, they try and model that and then they wonder why it doesn't necessarily work for them like straight away. But actually the reality is like, I, I don't know about you, but I've spent, you know, a decent five figure sum on, on advertising on Facebook alone just over the last three years. And all of that is about gathering data. And I know that, you know, for, for example, like um, the first, I don't know, 100, 200, 300 pounds that you're going to spend on Facebook ads, don't expect a result out of it. It's just about kind of just understanding your audience a little bit better, understanding at what part of that buying journey they're at, how sophisticated they are. And it was interesting what you said about, um, about YouTube as well, but obviously, you know, getting that ad objective right and the platform right, I think is super important because people go on, on Facebook for entertainment. They don't go on there to buy. So if you chuck out a buy my shit type ad, is it any wonder that people don't buy on Facebook? Whereas actually on, say for example, something like YouTube, where people are going, and this is what I learned from Alaric last week, who's an amazing guest. What I learned from him was that like, people are going on YouTube for education, not entertainment. So they're going on there to understand, for example, you know, like to learn stuff. They're putting in like how to do X, Y, and Z. Mm. Facebook is literally like cold. You don't know what they're actually there therefore half the time they probably don't know what they're there for half the time just like browsing videos and bang this advert pops up so you've actually got to kind of be quite careful about how you approach that what what are your views on uh, like the different platforms i know obviously we've been doing some work together on like the facebook ad side of things but what are your views on kind of the different platforms that are available for ads well you actually hit the nail on the head right there uh, it's not just about knowing where your customers are, but it's also not about knowing what they're doing there. So perfect example of the difference between Facebook and YouTube. Facebook, uh, people are there to, you know, they're there to socialize, they're there to be entertained. They're there because they've got, you know, like a quick five minutes to spend on their phone. Um, but on the other hand, when people go onto things like YouTube, they're going there with the intention of staying long, a lot longer than they would on Facebook. So uh, often enough, they can also, um, differentiate in how you would handle the advertising campaign. If you want, if you want to advertise first on Facebook, it, you need to be able to deliver sort of like a quick win or a, or sort of like a quick result. Uh, so a lot of the time, where advertisers go wrong is they try and uh, get people uh, try and uh, put people onto like a, an auto webinar uh, straight from an ad on Facebook, it's not going to work. People are usually busy when they're on Facebook. So they might, it might be the perfect offer for them, but they're not going to have the time to it, time to do it. So they're going to leave the ad or worse, they're going to opt in, but just not show up anyways. On the other hand, when you go onto YouTube and you understand that people on YouTube have anywhere from like 30 minutes to an hour or more uh, free time, that's the perfect time to, uh, if you need to sell, sell your services through something like a video sales letter or an auto webinar. So that that's uh, the, that's the biggest thing you need to understand is not where they are or what they're doing there and how and especially um, what they're looking to get and, and how long you've got to do that as well because like it strikes me that on Facebook like you you have such a a finite small amount of time in order to kind of grab people's attention and if you get that wrong I mean some of the um, uh, you know the the flack which you can get through kind of getting a mismatch between your message the product you're selling and your audience, if, if there's a slight misalignment, there are some nasty people out there who are willing just to like make your life difficult. 
And that's actually quite hard, I think. You know, that was something which took me a long time to get over until I realized that delete and block was a thing. And then, you know, all of a sudden that was, that was like, right, okay. But also it made me start to pay attention to the message I was putting out. I think sometimes small business owners, because they have this perception that internet marketing is somehow world at your fingertips, global marketplace, let's just stick something out there. And if we do enough of that, people are going to buy. They take massive offense when somebody says, you're a dick, <laughs> you know, when they see their ad, because it's interrupted them. They're like, I'm looking at cat pics. You sent me a fucking app, uh, like a, 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 you know, a, um, uh, an application form for a free download. I'm like, I'm, I was busy looking at cat videos, like fat people falling over. Like, why, why have you interrupted me? And so then you're naturally going to like, when you break their flow, they're going to leave nasty messages. So how, like, where, how do you, um, I understand that like the platform, uh, grabbing people at the right point, getting that message right, and getting the product or the offer right in that instance. But, like, what is the? Um, you've got to do some testing. So, what does the testing phase kind of look like there? What do you have to do? The first, the first thing you have to test always is you need to test your offer. So, one thing that I I have with all of my clients that have been doing and I've been doing this for years is something I call an easy win test. You need be able to see if your offer uh, is going to work. So to frame this, you need to understand one specific thing about your market. It doesn't matter where you are, if you're B2B, B2C, but at least 1% of your market needs your solution right now. Keyword being solution, not the mechanism. So for instance, going back to massage, people need uh, at least 1% of your market needs that relief uh, from stress. Uh, They need the better sleep, but they don't need the massage, right? So when you when you understand this and you know how you know what solution that your mechanism solves, just make them just one thing that works is just make them a direct offer. You can strip out all of the things in copywriting that that, that especially classic copywriting that make adverts successful, and just talk to your prospects. Uh, a lot of the time, especially for what works with um, with coaches and consultants, especially is to just make um, a video, a small video training that kind of read, that's designed to actually speak to the heart of your ideal of your ideal customer, one that's actually looking for your solution right now. Uh, give them just a little bit of independent advice, and then at the end of it, just make them an offer to get on a call with you and say, "I'll give you even more advice. I'll give you a plan, whatever it is." But that works so well because of the fact that at least one percent of your market is always looking for a solution. I, and I think that's kind of the crux of it, isn't it? Because I think too many people are, are trying way too hard with advertising generally to sell the sizzle, when actually all they really need to do is just kind of just jump straight in there and sell the sausage almost. Like, hey, this is what this is this is what we've got. Like, take it or leave it. And I think that's a much more kind of congruent, like, honest approach to advertising than than kind of you know almost like putting whiz bang pop stuff in front of people, trying to blow their minds with how amazing you are. Well, actually, just just give them the value. Like sell them the sausage. Let's not over glamorize it. This is a piece of meat with a skin around the outside of it. It's just fucking sell them that. Keep it nice and simple. And I suppose it kind of leads into, um, you know, and I think you've kind of touched on this a little bit, but um, if there was a, let's say an advert that, that, um, you know, our, our, our listeners could maybe think about kind of creating right now that you feel would give them the greatest opportunity that might potentially start to, 
um, do exactly what you said. Offer them that, show them, like open the door, show them that piece of value, give them the sausage and then start to maybe book calls and get clients. What would you say is that, I know there's no right or wrong answer here, but what would you say is that one advert? That's uh, it is a fairly loaded question, but um, as I say, it's just testing the offer, just like I said. So obviously, it depends on what type of business you own. If we're talking specifically uh, coaches and consultants, uh, that vi- that vi- that vi- that uh, value video with an offer at the end, perfect example. Um, especially, and one thing that works especially well is you give them a little bit of an extra ethical bribe to come on. Uh, one thing, I, one person I study is Dan Henry. His ads are his ads are trendsetters. And one thing that he did especially well um, uh, when he started going into uh, consulting with uh, course creators is he would give them an extra incentive to jump on the call. So he would say, "Jump on the call. We'll give you a plan, and I'll send you this bonus thing." I can't remember what it was. I think it was like an entire course uh, just for booking the call. But it was a very specific course that was that was designed for his ideal uh, customer. So it was it was just that last bit of ethical bribe that gets them that gets them to really take attention uh, to take immediate action. Well, that, that's it. I mean, it's interesting because I I um I mean how I how I see ads like fit nicely into kind of what I do. So I've I've gone to town on all, all the marketing assets that I could possibly build, um you know in terms of books and the Facebook group and videos and blogs and all sorts of things like the podcast. And, and I see ads as complementing and like dovetailing into all of those other assets that I've built. So it shouldn't operate as just another way to get leads or get clients through my process. It should be a, a nice way of introducing them to all of the other stuff that we've got going on. Now I get knocked quite a lot for delivering too much value. And my opinion is, I don't feel that actually, you know, there, there are people who are at the other end of the spectrum that are like, you should pay for every single, you should sell everything. Uh, you should never give away stuff for free. And it even popped up in my group earlier on this week. My opinion is that I don't need all of the money or all of the clients in the world to have a nice successful coaching practice. I don't need to be a millionaire and be a Ty Lopez with my Lamborghinis parked in my garage over there, right? Um, you know, I'm happy with my little electric bike project that I built. That keeps me like, you know, I'm happy with that. So it allows me, it gives me the flexibility and freedom to like, just give stuff away. Um, and I, I, I see too many people seeing like ads as a quick win, like a money-making scheme that this bit of their business is already doing well. So I'm going to launch some ads and it's just going to, I'm going to double down on the ads and that's going to change it. And I think that's quite a, it's a really negative mindset. It's a negative way to approach ads. It should all kind of like glue glue together um and i'm sure you've you've worked with a number of different kind of experts in our industry and you've probably seen the good the bad and the ugly i'd imagine across all across our sector because like internet marketing is is filled with filled with some amazing people it's also full of some sharks um and sometimes it's difficult i think to kind of really cut through that so i guess my question is really you know what what do you see the, the guys who are doing it well um what do, you, what do you see as their like the biggest success factor with how they're rolling ads out and and as a part of their kind of whole marketing mix? They're quick learners. Always they're quick learners. Uh, so I know someone who's running ads right now and uh, they actually just only got into it about 11 weeks ago. Um, not going to mention their name, but uh, they ha- they didn't actually start seeing uh, they had the spare funds to put in, but they didn't start even seeing success until week nine. 
You know, that's nearly two months in, didn't see a sing, didn't see a single cent. Uh, in fact, a lot of the time, and because their business works a lot in the same way as us, where we instead of going, we would go straight for the call um, to book a call, it being the key metric to go for with advertising. Uh, a lot of the time, especially with ads, they got a lot of just people who weren't as interested in the call as uh, people who we speak to organically. But ultimately, sticking to it and just uh, testing things week by week, seeing what works, what, does, what doesn't, and, and taking key lessons from each ad, seeing what made it work, and then kind of conglomerating it all into an all overarching strategy, that's what's going to win. Because ultimately, it's, they, they always say, all you need is one ad to win. It couldn't be further from the case. Advertising is a lot of work. There's going to be a lot of ads that you're going to need if you really want to start seeing uh, massive success. So you have to be a quick, you have to be a quick study, and you have to be a quick implementer. That's really curious. I, I wasn't expecting that answer at all because it's like you're a quick learner. That make, I mean, it makes total sense. And you've also got to be willing to kind of see the, um, you know, when you're spending that money and not necessarily getting the results. But uh, it, there are different KPIs which you've got to measure. And it was, um, I think, one of the things I see as well is, um, you know, people see like advertising as a risk. So they, they see it as like, if you ask them to put their advertising on their credit card, for example, they bulk it back. So they're like, oh, well, I don't know where that money's going. And it's interesting that you can test a ton of different ads and then realize that actually there's one part in their sequence that is broken. And you mm. fix that one thing. And then it's like literally like turning on a tap and all of a sudden, whoosh, you get an influx of kind of like call. It's, it feels nice. You get the opportunity volume, calls booking. The, you know, you kind of hit that sweet spot. And yes, there is that delay in getting the cash in, but all of a sudden the business starts to fire. I suppose one of the, one of the biggest mistakes I see is people making um, some like assumptions or the wrong assumptions around like, you know, the, like I, said, I kind of alluded to it earlier on you know, that we, we invest in ads, we're going to get that immediate ROI, but it just doesn't work like that. Um, sorry, go on. You're about to, about to hop on with something then. Uh, just a quick statement. Even Frank, the legend of internet marketing himself, said, uh, he, he has his own advertising uh, firm. He will often tell you if, if things work the first time, that, that's what he, he calls a complete effing surprise because the thing is like you never know what's going to work and what doesn't so expecting ads to be the solution for all problems is it's the wrong mindset advertising needs to be what amplifies what works not not uh, to fix a broken system absolutely and then, and in terms of like when you know that um uh you know in terms of like scaling there's obviously a point when things do start to work so how do you know when you know, what's the right way to kind of start to ramp that up if you've got the capacity to do it? And and how do you actually know when to do that? Yeah. Okay. So that's, so we're talking basically on the concept of scaling, right? Yeah. Okay. So you need to have at least, uh, when you're advertising, you need to have um, an outcome that you're looking for from each different campaign. And you need to have a uh, KPIs that you aim to aim to hit. Uh, so say for instance, the first KPI should be CPM. You know, you don't want to spend too much money for your ads to be seen uh, by an audience if you don't even know that the ad's going to work. So you need to make sure that your audience isn't so uh, specific that it's going to charge you way too much. Next thing is, say for instance, uh, cost per click. Once you have, once you know what's a, what a, a, cost, a good cost per click that you're willing to pay is, uh, you just need to make sure you 
that the ad is set so that you actually get that uh, specific that click through rate that uh, so of 1000 people that click um, on your that view your ad 10, uh, 10 of them click it that's 1% uh, t- that's 1% of them that are clicking on it if you're okay with that that's when you need to have a third click down which is obviously your whatever it is that your opt-in rate is. If you hit all of those three KPIs successfully, that's when you know it's time to start scaling up. But you should wait at least one week to make sure that all your KPIs are being consistently hit. Once you've passed that week, you can just ramp it up a bit. Uh, good good rule of thumb, regardless of where you are, is to just make it in your 10% week by week. See if it works, then repeat the process. Because it's so CPM you mentioned there, so cost per meal, so that's cost per thousand impressions. So yeah. those are unique impressions, aren't they? I think. Um, and then yeah. you've got the cost per click. So I, as a rule of thumb, just to give people a bit of an idea, so CPMs I like to work to just uh, it could be like ten pounds per per thousand impressions. It's kind of a rough, you know, broad park. Well, it's going to change from business to business, but ballpark, it's, you know, that's that's a good target to work to. Click-through rate, CTRs, yeah, 1%, I would say, would be on a little on the low side. Uh, depends what the advertising objective is and, and things like that. I think one of the metrics which I, I found um, most interesting is, um, so when you're selling what we call high tickets, so if you're selling a, a four-figure program, so like several thousand pounds to work with a coach or a consultant or as a freelancer, um, when you can start to work out that, let's say, for example, let, I'll just throw some numbers out, a two and a half K program, uh, it's two and a half thousand pound program. And let's say, for example, that you close one in five of the calls which you book, right? And um, maybe actually you've got a, a target budget to acquire a new client, so cost per acquisition, of 500 pounds. So we're, we're willing to drop 500 quid to, to get two and a half K, which means that we can then start to, okay, well, if we've got one in five close rate, we take that 500, divide it by five. So now we've got a uh, hundred pounds per call booking. And you can start to kind of track back all of these numbers, can't you, to give you, to see whether you're kind of on benchmark or not. And one of the things, again, that I found like super, super fascinating, I'm just a geek when it comes to this stuff, like just the numbers fascinate me. But when you start to get into like advertising decay and stuff like that, so let's say, for example, you you all, and this happened to me. So I was um, rolling out my ads at the Q1, Q2 last year, you know, 3k a month I was spending. And I don't mind sharing that with people because it just shows you like it's all relative i was getting a good roi but i burnt through my warm audiences super quick it decayed faster than i noticed by about six to eight weeks so i spent a shit ton of money before i realized that i wasn't getting the conversions through and so i think there's also this thing of like a bit of naivety just just because it's working for a period of time don't assume it's always going to work i think i think that's kind of one of the key things i've got from from your message yeah. Can I add one one extra piece of advice for of scaling? Go for it. Always have, as I say, it, it helps to, and this is especially something I noticed with my clients. This is why I say it's, it's total BS, uh, this rule of, this lie of it only takes one ad. It takes many. Once you know what works and you have that, you can actually just save that in your library. Let it work for you for a little bit. Uh, but you don't let but you don't let that fatigue. One of the worst things that advertisers do is that they find one ad and they just let it fatigue. Let that run for a little bit, say maybe two weeks. Uh, stop it, and then when you're ready to go again, find another ad that works. Um, whether whether you've tested it before or you just know it's going to work, pump that out, and that's going to keep your ads from one from fatiguing, but 
too, that's also going to keep them uh, consistently performing. So if, the, if uh, especially when you add multiple different uh, images to it, multiple different videos, but if the, if the messaging um, and the offer is always right, just keep just keep changing it. That's going to keep you produce, uh, producing calls and clients like clockwork. I, you just reminded me of something. I'm going to say something really dumb now, but fuck it, right? You said something about that, like that that one advertising campaign away. It reminded me of Russell Brunson, like you're one funnel away. Well, no, yeah. fucking six hundred funnels later, and how many hundreds of dollars that you spent, like, and you know, punching the wall and stuff like that with your face, you know, trying to figure this shit out, and then eventually you end up with a. Fu- you're never one fucking funnel away. It's just it's such that it's the dumbest advertising slogan out there. Now I'm not, I'm not knocking click funnels. Like it, don't get me wrong, it has its place and it's great tracking, and they've got the you know they've got some great template funnels set up there. Wonderful. It, it's like WordPress for me. WordPress is shit unless it's in the right hands. If you if you if you're a WordPress developer and you understand all of the ins and outs of like security patches and updates and stuff like that, WordPress is the best thing ever but for 99% of the people on live on this fucking planet you run businesses wordpress is the biggest dumbest waste of time ever and it's the same with click funnels um like i think that you know the people who succeed with click funnels they like you said they're fast learners they iterate they test they run like 29 different funnels and variations like 36 different combos of ads and this that and then they then they find the one which works so anyway, that was obviously my views of Russell Brunson. No holding back there. Uh, you, you mentioned like beforehand, and I don't know whether you were hoping that I was going to try and ignore this or like, you know, we were actually going to bring this to the call, but um, uh, to the interview. Uh, you mentioned something about like in the marketing space that you absolutely hate. What is it? It's an entire industry. It's the agency industry. Um, okay, granted, this is a generalization. Not all agency owners are obviously like this, but don't, the agency. Don't forget, I used to run an agency for 12 years, so go yeah. for it. No, but this is actually a fairly new trend, uh, especially within the ads agency. A lot of guys start and run agencies based on the predication that uh, you can only thrive and survive with uh, by, by paying them month to month, which Again, obviously, that when that when you have that going for you, of course, that that's great for your business, but that screws over your clients, um, and that's kind of why I have to leave. Why that's kind of why I'm making transition from it, from agency model to the consulting model, because ultimately, I would send my I send my clients loads loads of their own clients, but they don't know how to fully uh, get them on board. They don't know how to fully turn them into clients, and ultimately, the when I go, they're, they're left in the dark. People need, uh, people, when they pay for ads, they should pay for, a, they shouldn't just pay for the ad and the client produce. They should pay for uh, a proven mechanism to bring in clients. And that's, what, that's where I, a lot I of am the all over that. Do you know, what? I, I totally agree with this. And, and um, I, I can't remember, I, I talked about this quite a bit sort of um, in 2019 because I was getting so frustrated when I was trying to find somebody to help me with Facebook ads. I, I gave up in the end and it was like, oh, it's going to be a 500 pound retainer and you've got to work with me for a minimum of six months because that's how long it takes. And I'm like, that doesn't even include ad. Now, I don't, the money's, the money's not an issue. It's just the, the mere fact that you're kind of tied into it. And now like I've, I've actually helped a couple of people out, clients who like, they want to start ads and they want to get into it. And, um, 
Um, and actually what I found is if you set the, the campaign up well, once you've done all the testing, you set the campaign up well, there is a certain, I know you've got to check in with it and make sure it's okay, but there is a certain amount of set and forget. Yeah. Right. So, so why does that cost me 500 pound a month? Why shouldn't it be much more like, like the consulting model is much more success based and it should be down to like the KPIs return on investment and not just, it's like my views on coaching. Coaching should be inclusive, not exclusive. Coaching should not be um, accessible to people who have bottomless pockets of cash. There is always a way to make coaching work for lots of different people. And it sounds to me as if like you've got that nailed. It's the same, same, what you think about ads is the same thing that I think about coaching. Exactly. And ultimately, when you work with someone, the, the idea should be to help them achieve their goals, not to help each other necessarily achieve your own goals. That's, and I know that sounds sort of like a double-edged sword, but ultimately you need to, and this is where, this is my biggest gripe with the agency industry is you need to provide a solution, not a, not, not a temporary sort of like a finger in the dike, you know, it needs, you need to provide a solution, especially when you're getting paid um, in like, I know some agency owners that charge some of their clients a month. When that's the case, you better, you better leave them with a lot more than just, you know, a winning ad campaign, you know, uh, but it needs to be something that they need to be able to utilize long after you're gone. That's just, it's, it's just an ethical way to handle business. Right. I want to know a little bit about David uh, now. So how did you get into ads? Oof, that was uh, that goes back into that goes deep into my story. Uh, should we go there? Share it. Yeah, go for it, man. Okay, so um, this goes back to my university days. Um, I did not study marketing at all. I in fact studied finance, um, and uh, not to brag because I, I actually hate bragging. But I was actually one at one point. I was one of the top of my class. I was very good at what I do, and in fact, one of the things I love about internet marketing the most is the numbers side of it. Uh, but that, but ultimately I wanted to go into the hedge fund world, or at least I thought I did, you know, I fell in love with the movies of like wall street and things like that, that made, especially, have you seen the show billions? Yes. Oh, yes. So Axe Capital. Axe is yeah. one of my heroes. He is the uh, best. All, and it's an awesome show. That couldn't be further from the truth of what it's <laughs> actually like in the hedge fund world. When I, when I was in my third year, I, I actually shadowed a portfolio manager for one of my top local, one of the top local uh, hedge funds down in South Africa. Uh, all I saw was guys who would have been in my position sleeping at their desks five, five to six days a week, uh, and one thing that really shook me to my core is I was speaking to one of them just on a break. One, one guy had uh, made one, one guy, an analyst had made a, a critical error in one of his assessments to a portfolio manager portfolio made that investment on their recommendation. Uh, just one vital error costs uh, some clients millions. The, uh, the analyst killed himself literally two weeks before i showed up to the uh, shadow the portfolio manager two weeks before an analyst had killed himself oh my God. that's how much the stress uh, was so when i when i got there uh, and after seeing all of this i thought no 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 i can't i can't do this if i do this i'll probably be the guy i'll probably be the next guy to shoot myself you know um so i i took a i took a step back and thought well maybe i will end up in finance maybe i won't but I can't go into this world. So from that point on, you know, I'm, I'm midway through my 
through my final year of my degree, I'm, and I'm, I have no idea what I'm going to do with myself, I end up coming across my very first mentor. He's a, 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 lo a local guru by the name of uh, Ryan, better known as uh, the professional vagabond. He's, he's a lot better well-known here than overseas, but it's a, it's a big brand here. Uh, I ended up taking his, uh, his entire course. It was just about info products and how to create your own info product impact, which he actually already, and he actually, he, he gave away these info products, info product courses for free, but uh, you had to, um, pay to, uh, be subscribed to his system to use it, which was a click funnels, um, alternative. Uh, which was cool. It was a very, it was a very cool way, and you know, like he's not a very cool way to sell it. But um, he actually, because big part of his solution was obviously the Facebook ads. Now, when I did this, uh, I initially started thinking, okay, well, I can teach people how to lose weight because at the time I'd lost a lot of weight. Uh, I, I, I couldn't have been further from the truth. The uh, well, I mean, I could have taught people that, but uh, it was so nowhere near uh, as easy as he made it look. Uh, there were so many things that I didn't really like, but one thing that I really enjoyed from the process was the advertising part. That was something I really enjoyed. And I thought, you know, it's, it's really like advertising obviously is not the be all and end all to your, to your problems, but uh, it is power. When I saw what it did for, when I saw what it did for Ryan as well as other guys like Alex Becker, uh, Russell Brunson, I thought, you know, this is power, and I, I just, I just fell in love with it straight away. So that's how I, so from there, I, I left trying to make my own info product and just started my own agency. Good man. Well, uh, it sounds to me like the hedge fund, you know, market's loss is our gain to have somebody like you helping business owners out with their, their advertising and getting their uh, funnels is the wrong word. I mean, you, you, you just, um, you seem to really deeply understand like the whole process of like constructing an offer and taking prospects on an, on a journey without it being like forceful. I think, you know, it's funny. I, I have some quite strong views about, um, the world of internet marketing. And um, I don't know, maybe this, maybe this is the right platform to share some of those. I don't know, but it's okay. when you look at the likes, you've, you've mentioned some people and you look at the likes of um, Ryan Dice, Frank Kern, Russell Brunson, like maybe even Ryan and people like that. And one of the things she said was, oh, Ryan made it look super easy. Well, the common, th the common theme when you look at all of these guys is they're all about 48 right? So the internet's 30 years old. They turned 18 at the dawn of the internet age. So the internet just came around. They got, they got leads in when it was like pennies, like cents to get uh, an email into your list. And so they were just, they just cleaned up. They just bought like hundreds of thousands of names. And, and I, this is a sweeping generalization, but I do see that they're still dining off of those. And there's other like info product experts out there who've, you know, they've been, they've been in the game for so long that their list is just so deep that they're able just to keep on going. And I know this, I know this is true. I'm making a massive sweeping statement here. I know this is true because I got that myself, but I spent, you know, when I started my coaching program, probably even a couple of years before that, when I got properly into internet marketing and I started to build my audiences and things like that, um, it was great, you know? And when I finally launched ads, amazing. It's like just the volume that I was getting of like calls, you know, doing like 15 calls a week and stuff like that, closing like five clients. It was nuts. 
But then I burnt through those audiences. And I do feel sometimes that we kind of missold this dream in internet marketing. And you see all those guys doing it and doing it really. And there are other there are people who buck the trend who managed to find a, a way to kind of cut through what I'm talking about here. But they're rare. They're like rare as rocking horse poo. I, I don't want to put people off like getting into internet marketing and using ads and things like that. But I think there does have to be a certain amount of like, be fucking realistic about it. Um, and I think that's one of the things you do really nicely is you you make it easy to understand for people. You you make the process painless, or at least you've helped me make my process painless, you know, in that respect. And um, you kind of, I think you get people and, and that really is what marketing is all about, in my opinion. And I think probably had you not gone through the trauma of what you've been through with hearing about the guy who killed himself two weeks before you got into that role had you know there's a sequence of events there where you've kind of had to learn very quickly because you're still a youngster you're a nipper like we nipper you're how old are you 25 25 man and you're you, you know the work which you do around ads like blows my mind you know and i've got some you know 13 years on you and i've been in marketing since 2000 so like you know it's it's nuts so hat tip to you sir um Thank you, man. What, what do you see as what What do you see as like being? Um, I think twenty twenty is going to be quite a big year for a number of different reasons, like marketing wise. But what do you see as being the next biggest opportunity, really, for maybe some of the people listening to this? Oof. next biggest opportunity. Bit of a loaded, bit of a loaded statement. Uh, big, biggest opportunity to advertise. Any any opportunity in marketing? Yeah, advertising, marketing doesn't matter. Okay, I'm actually going to. I'm actually kind of going to uh, write a bit of Alaric Hicks uh, coattails and say YouTube advertising is one of the best things um, to come around in a while. This is YouTube advertising, especially when um, it's. It, it is actually something that is made so perfectly for. Um, coaching and consulting businesses, some freelance businesses, but specifically coaching and consulting businesses. Um, not to mention it's a total, total blue ocean compared to Facebook ads. Uh, you're going to pay a lot less. And ultimately, I think and one thing I want to develop for you is a YouTube, is a YouTube advertising um, funnel, but it, it's one thing you need to have access to or at least have a plan to implement something because it's not going to remain a blue ocean forever. The businesses that catch onto it the soonest and make it work for them are going to be the ones that just dominate with YouTube ads. So they're going to be the guys like that. that, that so, uh, who's a, so Dan Henry got big because of Facebook ads. You could become, you could become huge because of YouTube ads. Yeah. So that's well, what the, the, the way I this. see it, the way I see it, if it's okay to interject is the like test, test it, get volume of data on Facebook ads and then refine it through YouTube yeah. ads. And also like, it's worthwhile remembering, you know, I, I doubt it's, it's going to happen anytime soon, but imagine if Zuckerberg, and he can be a bit quirky sometimes, but imagine he's having an off day and he wakes up and he's in his boxes and he just thinks, fuck it, fuck the world. I'm just going to switch Facebook off. Or, you know, what, what I've been seeing happening quite often actually recently is you know, experts having their Facebook accounts shut down. And so the world just like, they talk about the ocean, it just dries up. They have nothing. And so like, I, that was one of the things that struck me when Alaric was chatting last week. He was like, well, do both, but get data in Facebook, then refine in YouTube. 
And, and I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think you're on the money. And I think we're going to see a massive influx of people throughout 2020 going, going omni-channel, which hasn't been done, I don't think, properly for a long time. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And this is actually just another thing about scaling is that ultimately when you find something that works and you understand the key reasons why it works, just one of the best ways to scale is to just go from platform to platform. So I always like to start one platform at a time. This can start off going into business manager and putting one ad onto newsfeed. It works really well and it's super scalable to a wide audience. Then you can open that up and you're looking to scale. You can just um, open up a second one. Uh, you can increase the budget and open up a new ad set for uh, Instagram. Then some, then some, for audience network and things like that. Then ultimately, YouTube, especially when you understand when you have all this data that, that you know works and you know why some things work, you, you it might it'll obviously be a different selling process. You know, YouTube ads doesn't have nearly as much functionality as Facebook ads, and that's uh, my one gripe about it. But you can still make it work. There's always a way to make it work. Uh, you just need to figure out wh what it is, what's the best way to reach them, and what's the best way to get them into your world. So I'm, I'm tempted now. Now I trolled Russell Brunson earlier on. I'm tempted to take that bit of video and just drop it as a YouTube ad for 30 seconds and to see what the world does with it. Maybe fucking hilarious. I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> great. So um, uh, two more questions and, and we're kind of getting close to wrapping up now. So um, my first question is, um, so what's, what's next for David and how can people get in touch with you? Next thing is that... Uh, well, can we make the announcement here? You can do it. It's a big announcement. Yeah. Let's go for it. Yeah. Robin and I, uh, well, we've been, we've been acquaintances for a while, but we've only become good buddies lately. And that's because we are actually partnering up on a program specifically for therapy businesses. Uh, so this is like so reflexologists, massage therapists, body workers, etc. And we're going to call it uh, Client Engine. This thing is, to, is designed to take... Uh, these types of businesses from struggling to just pure unadulterated success. This takes them from this takes them from everything in between. And uh, so, if you want to keep in touch, just follow Client Engine. I, I aim to be I, I aim to make the uh, the client kit of my industry. So. There we go. So people won't know what client kit is. That's a that's a program, a mutual program which we we both um, know about. It's a it's a great program, but I think there are some gaps in there, especially when it comes to kind of therapists who yeah, yeah of course um, kind of um, need that. It's a, it's more of a personal approach, I think, just because of the nature of the business. And you're mm. being a bit coy, David. This is your baby, which you've created. It's a fucking brilliant program, um, and it's a real honour for you to have invited me to come and um, do a bit of mentoring with your clients on there as well. So uh, I, you you must. This is like client engine is, is it's it's an amazing product which you have designed and i think it's going to really transform the therapy world um you know when it launches and we we've got a there are some time scales things are starting to kind of rock and roll with that so what we'll do is we will we'll publish those details as and when they pop up for now though if people want to get in touch with you and i've got one more question after this if people want to get in touch with you you've got you're on linkedin facebook instagram aren't you yeah um, and you said you included those links. Cool. Yeah, we'll we'll drop those links in the show notes as well. I've popped them into the yeah. Facebook um, uh, live, which we've done into the group as well. So people will be able to connect with you on LinkedIn, find out a little bit more about what they can uh, hope to achieve through doing Facebook ads and things that, like that. Maybe have you review uh, their offer and what funnels they're currently working with, maybe. I'm open um, to yeah. that. I'm certainly cool. open to that. Absolutely. I'm always open to helping. 
So I have one final question. And now normally, normally what I do is I, um, it depends on the age and I think you're kind of on the cutoff point. So I'm going to go, I normally go backwards with my fearless business time machine. Now what we're going to do, we're actually going to fast forward 10 years. Okay. Okay. So David Stafford, who is 35 is also sat in the room at the moment and he's giving you a piece of advice. What, this is a bit of a head fuck for a lot of people. What would that piece of advice be? Oh, this is a head fuck. <laughs> uh, good Lord. It's uh, giving me one piece of advice. Just one, one piece of advice. He's just going to give you one piece of advice that's going to get you to elevate you to where he is at 35, where yeah. you are at 35. Get over yourself. You're, uh, you're, you're, you've got all of these fears and anxieties that hold you back now that you, if you had actually gotten rid of five years ago, you'd be a lot more ahead of where you are right now. Uh, so he would actually just be sitting down with me and saying, get over yourself, serve your market first. That's what matters. Ultimately, you're here to serve. Cool, man. And I can back that up. Um, as a guy who is older than David Stafford plus 10 years at 38, I can say that what I see in front of me with David is a very genuine, honest, like humble human being who has an amazing skill set around advertising. And as I said earlier on, like you really understand business, I think better than a lot of people, especially when it comes to internet marketing. You don't have to get over yourself, mate. You're, you're doing a fantastic job. So keep on doing that. Um, I, I think um, Client Engine, when we launch it, when you launch it, is going to be um, an amazing um, an amazing program that's just going to change people's lives. So keep on doing what you're doing, mate. You're doing a great job. Well, thank you, Robin. I really appreciate that. Ace. Well, it, listen, David, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for giving up your time to come and chat to us on the Fearless Business Podcast. Like I said, we'll drop all of the notes, the links um, to you into the uh, the show notes so people can connect to you on LinkedIn, drop your line hopefully on Facebook and touch base with you. Um, but it's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much, David. Thank you for having me, Robin.